Now, another show I've been binging, and you probably have too, Ted Lasso wrapped up uh, season two this past week. And I'm not going to give you any spoiler alerts, but it was in the second last episode of that season that Coach Beard dropped the name of a professor at the University of British Columbia. You might remember this scene. Have a listen. You know, we used to believe that trees competed with each other for light. Suzanne Samard's field were challenged that perception, and we now realize that the forest is a socialist community. Trees work in harmony to share the sunlight. Can't you just give me a straight answer for once? I think I just did. Love that. Uh, welcome to the show, Suzanne Samard, University of British Columbia professor, author of Finding the Mother Tree, and the woman that inspired her uh, reference in uh, Ted Lasso. That's amazing. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me. I just love this story. I mean, did you ever imagine that your field work, um, which led to some pretty unique discoveries about what's going on under the ground uh, when it comes to trees and forests, would be on such a popular television show, which is based in Britain? <laughs> I had no idea. In fact, I, I hadn't heard of Ted Lasso before. Um, but I was thinking, you know, I grew up in the 1970s and 80s, and maybe it's equivalent of being in All in the Family. <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I think it's really cool. Okay, so you don't watch Ted Lasso. How did you hear that you were referenced by name in, in the award-winning series? Well, I started getting texts and emails and uh, my my daughter's boyfriend, Bobby Joe, um, he was the one who says, hey, Suzanne, did you hear? You know, he watches Ted Lasso and he's like, he was so excited. And 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 so I'm like, who's Ted Lasso? Anyway, and so then he he arranged so I could watch the episode on his um on his Apple account. Yeah. <laughs> and so I saw it and I thought, oh, that, that's, that's pretty cool. And it's such a brilliant way uh, for your field work to be referenced because it's just this guy who is as cool as a cucumber, super mysterious, just throwing out something uh, just to prove a point. And the fact that this gruff guy then comments, well, he did give you a straight answer. Who's a footballer. He just, it really shows um, how interesting that your work is, that it would appeal to so many people. And I think that really your work does appeal to a lot of people. I think it's interesting um, to find out that there is communication going on under the ground with regard to these amazing giants that dot our planet, trees. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your research? Because it's not the first time I've heard about your research. I, I didn't, was not familiar with the fact that you were behind the research, but I remember reading about your work. Um, I would say earlier on this year. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this work for four decades, so it's it's uh, it it's not uh, a brand new discovery to me. But it's um, I think that because it's getting more out in the public sphere, and and yeah, I people understand it because it makes sense to them, and um, that you know that in a forest, you know that there's all these ways that trees communicate and interact with each other. Um, they, they cooperate, they compete, they can parasitize each other. If they're, if they're an, like a, a plant living on another plant, they can, you know, there's other organisms that can infect them there. Like there's just this myriad ways that they communicate and interact. And, you know, and I think that, you know, because we spent so long in, in our scientific bubble thinking that, you know, plants only evolve and um, 
interact by competing with each other that it actually shaped so much of how we saw forests, how we treat forests, how we manage them, we weed them, we space them, we favor the dominant individuals. And yet what I what I found is that it's way more than this. It's way more than one tree, you know, taking all hogging all the light. They actually take that light and turn it into energy sugars that they will share below ground through this fascinating internet. Really, it's a fungal network. And even as they're competing, they're sharing these resources. So, it it just shows, you know, just like as, as we humans have complex relationships with each other, trees do too. And it makes sense. I mean, they live beside each other for hundreds of years. It, it makes sense that they would have developed, evolved these highly sophisticated ways of communicating. It's, it speaks to man's arrogance that we feel like we have to regulate things in order for those things to survive when they have been already regulating their own existence for thousands of years without the help of us. And, you know, interestingly enough, you know, I discovered these things because I was um, worried about how we were treating our forests, you know, sort of like this industrial management approach where we go in, clear cut, plant, you know, big fat seedlings so that they'll grow tall and come become big. We weed out all the native plants because we're worried they're going to rob our favorite trees of, of you know, water and nutrients and light. Um, we space them, we we cultivate them so we can grow basically two by four farms. And, and a forest is way more than that. And what, you know, what I was seeing is that in this quest to make these, you know, these forest farms in the image of what we want in the marketplace, we were actually undermining their very health. And I think the other fascinating thing to me too, is you said like thousands of years, they've evolved this. It's true. And, and, you know, our, our first nations communities in Canada have written and known about these underground networks for thousands of years as well. And, you know, it's kind of, and they wrote about it, talked about it. It was in their stories, and yet, you know, unknown to the Western world until we used our scientific tools to rediscover this idea. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does make sense to so many people because it's, you know, it, it is how we, you know, how, how we as ecosystems have evolved to to work together to collaborate with each other, to complement each other, to to uh, facilitate each other. It's, yeah, it, it makes sense. And, it, and I think that's why it resonates with people so much. I love you being referenced on Ted Lasso, because I think there's a big group of people, especially um, some people that are um, more academically, um, I guess, predisposed that would argue that these streamers are distracting us from, you know, getting down to business and reading things that will really inform us about the planet we live on and, and enable us to, you know, uh, form a better relationship with it and, and take care of it in a more, um, nurturing way and that we're distracted by these streamers. So now with your uh, reference on Ted Lasso, is the hope that more people will become interested in the field work you've been doing and take a little look into what exactly you're trying to communicate that the trees are already communicating with each other? Yeah, that definitely. I mean, I think this is all really good. I think that um, getting this knowledge out to the mainstream, to the public consciousness is super important because, you know, we are in a climate crisis. We've all, you know, I, I saw an article yesterday that says something like four-fifths of the people on earth have experienced the clim climate change in, you know, in a pretty dramatic way. This is going to continue on. And so, in order to, you know, sort of mitigate 
the severe effects of climate change and maybe even, you know, get it under control. We have to change our view of how we interact, how we um, are part of nature. We've sort of, in the last hundred years, separated ourselves with, you know, more than that, with Descartes, we sort of separating man from nature, the mind from the body, and that's led us to thinking ourselves as superior and above it all. And that's allowed us to, in our minds and our policies, to exploit nature to the point where, you know, our forests, for example, have become, you know, net sources of greenhouse gases instead of net sinks because we've treated them so poorly. And, and I think we need to re-engage with forests as our as our partners in life, um, to to treat them with the respect we do with our own families and communities, to restore them, to save our old growth forests, to um, to manage forests so that they're holistic and diverse and productive, so that they can continue. They can go back to being like part of that essential engine of our of our global cycles, the carbon cycle, the water cycle. They're the fundamental basis of it. And, and it's up to us, you know, to, to, you know, morph our attitudes so that we can be part of that change, be part of the positive change to help solve our climate crisis. Forests are such an important part, just as a, <laughs> just as a, an, a thought of how important if we do all these things like save old growth forests, restore old forests, replant, you know, degraded forests, we can actually mitigate about a third of our climate change over the next 10 years. So That's it's huge. absolutely essential. Yeah, it's huge. And 10 years isn't that long and we have to get going now. I, I know that you're, you know, doing some important work. Obviously, uh, just everything that you just said, uh, punctuates that time is of the essence, but will you take some downtime? Will you give coach Beard and Ted Lasso a, a chance? I think they should continue on with the storyline. I mean, I think, you know, I, not knowing the show that well, but have, talking to Bobby Joe, it's like, I, I understand the, I, the plot a bit better that, you know, that Ted came as sort of an American hockey co- or football coach and, um, and wasn't, you know, that well versed or what maybe perhaps not even that well liked. And then he's evolved into this really caring, collaborative um, compassionate coach. And, and I think that is where we have to go to. And I'd like to see him take it further, like model how, how to be a leader, how to be a mother tree, those, you know, those big old trees in the forest that really are the, the nucleus, the connectors of the forest. So yeah, I'm, I'm super curious to see how they take this. Suzanne, I got to keep your number because I think you're fascinating. And I would love to talk to you again when we have more time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Suzanne Samard is a University of BC professor, author of Finding the Mother Tree, and her name was dropped on Ted Lasso, the second last episode. Coach Beard uh, references her fieldwork, and uh, it's pretty cool stuff.